Dave Rossi had a profound extraterrestrial contact experience, and as a result of that, he began to have dreams and visions of mathematical formulas and inventions. He began working and communicating with different top-level scientists who are unnamed, and he's been encouraged to develop some of these inventions, and he has now applied for his first patents. And his patent applications are astounding in their implications. And today we have a special announcement with Dave Rossi about how his anti-gravity patent can change the world. You're listening to Exopolitics Today with Dr. Michael Sala, your source for the uncensored truth regarding the human, extraterrestrial, global, and political agenda. Click the like button and subscribe to this channel. And now, here's Dr. Michael Sala. Uh, welcome back, Dave, to Exopolitics Today. Thank you so much, Doctor. I truly appreciate uh, you having me on again, and it's an honor to be here. Well, I, I know that uh, you've been working with um, a number of top scientists and, I, I guess, corporations concerning the different inventions and the formulas that you've been able to develop as a result of your contact experience. And I thought it was uh, quite special that... Uh, you actually uh, have applied for your first two patents that you showed me, your two patent applications, and I we can't reveal those. Uh, you know, there are reasons why that you can't do that, that you'll explain. But I think it's quite a big step. I mean, uh, I mean, did you ever see yourself, um, you know, a few years ago actually applying for patents at the U.S. Patents and Trademarks Office? Um, well, first off, let me just say very kindly that again, thank you so much to yourself and to your lovely audience for having me. Um, there's there's more than two. Uh, the two that I uh, that you um, had a glance at um, certainly are, uh, dare I say, at the very least, um, revolutionary. Now, to be fair and clear, I'm definitely not the first to have um, attempted to develop various forms of such apparatuses and energies, but. Honestly, even up until six months ago, I couldn't have seen myself trying to uh, file anything, to be honest. Well, I guess that just kind of shows the profound, you know, how profound the contact experience was and how that activated certain abilities, uh, triggered maybe portions of the brain, where all of a sudden these uh, mathematical formulas and inventions suddenly became clear. And um, we mentioned this the last time we talked, but... Uh, my army insider JP went through the same thing back in 2008, you know, and when you described what you were going through, I thought, well, this is exactly what JP described. So I, I can really relate to, to what has happened, this incredible transformation. Very, it's something that I think people like yourself and people uh, definitely um, like those of uh, within your audience could certainly relate to. It seems like different experiences seem to enable or activate, for lack of a better description, different abilities or capabilities within individuals. I mean, we've seen, for example, a recent, uh, if I'm not mistaken, announcement about a large uh, book publication picking up a um, the rights to a book uh, of an individual that uh, had uh, was able to find evidence that they were involved in United States Air Force uh, programs when they were much younger. Uh, except up until a handful of you know months ago, they were not able to recall such experiences and, and what have you. So I'm paraphrasing here, but it's something that is certainly um, common amongst a, a, a myriad of people. Yeah. 
No, I definitely would like to hear more about that uh, book and the and the person involved in that. Now, the first patent uh, that you uh, sent me, and uh, as you said, you know, there, there's more than two. So, but these are two that you showed me, and I and I think it's important to to say because people, you know, often ask, well, you know, how do we know this person is the real deal? And 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 to me, when a person files for a patent at the U.S. Patent and Trademarks Office. Um, I mean, that shows just the, the level of seriousness of what it is that that person has put their time into because it's not an easy thing to file a patent. Now, you know, the, the other aspect, of course, is whether the patent will be awarded. So, you know, we, we're waiting for that because that'll be another important bridge. But still, I think it's quite significant that uh, it's only fairly recently that you had these kind of like experiences and these abilities coming online and so here's the fruit of that one of the the concrete pieces of evidence that substantiates that yeah indeed you are having these uh, unique insights and knowledge of the way in which some uh, esoteric uh, physics principles operate so the first patent uh, uh, that uh, you sent me the application receipt for was the, is the high-frequency gravity modifier by means of plasma arc oscillation chambers. So, yeah, tell us about that. Sure, absolutely. If it'd be all right, if you could put up the image of the uh, what looks to be sort of a box-like device with some glowing um, electrical... There we go. Thank you. So what we're looking at here, folks, and, and doctor, is we're looking at what is called or what you one could call a plasma oscillation chamber. Now... Um, this is actually going to be a, a lead up to what I wanted to announce as well. Now, with respects to this technology, as I've said, when I had come onto your show a handful of months ago, there are different underlying, uh, I guess you could say, principles that stem from a foundational trunk, just like a, a, a tree, for example. There's that main trunk that holds everything together, and then there are the different branches that extend off and from that trunk. What you see here is one of those, quote unquote, branches in which could be developed from the fundamental electromagnetic energy. And so what you're seeing here is uh, what you could call a plasma plasma oscillation chamber. Now, for those that are familiar even vaguely with um, uh, electrical engineering or electricity, there comes a point where naturally electricity begins to arc. It begins to curve. And so what's interesting about this is that we find that when we notice a sort of curvature within the electrical resonance or with an electrical spark, so to speak. We notice this also speaks to what's called angular momentum in quantum physics, which is, in my humble opinion, a fancy way for talking about curved space-time. Now, what's interesting about this particular device is that it has the ability to act as a propulsor. It also has the ability to act as a uh, device that could emit certain types of um resonant energy towards tungsten and or copper and or other metals that could cut through any surface solid surface like a knife through butter uh, it also has the ability for medical healing as well now what's interesting about this is that this is a self-sustainable um, system if you will or apparatus in the sense that the power source ultimately after the initial you could say spark or to get it going the power source is what you would call empty space or the ether or the vacuum, so to speak. And so this is um, essentially, uh, I'm of the humble opinion as well, that what we're looking at here it may in fact be what the 
I say potentially, what the Ark of the Covenant was, uh, particularly when you look at the structure of the design of the Temple of the Ark of the Covenant. Um, I also think as well that it correlates directly with the chakras of the human body. But at the same time, I find something very peculiar, which is that if we look at Coral Castle, Castle Edward Lascalnan, he seemed to have a very similar box type apparatus in which he may have used in a either higher or lower level than what my intent is with, with the filing of this patent and such. But the idea essentially is the same concept. And he had said as well that he had, he claimed to have discovered the secrets of the uh, ancient Egyptians, if I'm not mistaken. And that is how he then developed um, the structures that he did at Coral Castle. And it is of my opinion, he used an electromagnetic resonance to induce a certain frequency on tungsten rods or any type of uh, metal that would be a capacitor that could then cut through a uh, wall or a rock or I mean you name it the, the toughest and hardest surface there is uh, could cut through it like literally like a knife through butter so this is what the I guess you could say the first um, device and or apparatus is now one thing I would like to point out before we go on is that with all of the following images folks that you're going to be seeing um, and of course doctor as well is that this energy does in fact travel either at light speed or faster than the speed of light. And one example that I've been saving to then use for this particular show here is envision for a moment um, walking on the streets of New York, for example. Now imagine in this example, there is no such thing as an underground subway station, but the subway, if there were to be one, an underground subway travels much faster than any of the cars above ground, just in the nature of this example. Now imagine, for example, a group of individuals um, within New York City realize that there's an entire world underground where there's this, uh, you know, this thing called a subway that's already been there that you can hop on and then use and get to places faster than others. But the rest of the city and the people in the city on the surface of the city do not know this exists. And whenever anyone tries to inquire, they just get attacked or ridiculed and uh, stigma, uh, you know, get attacked with uh, dogma claims, stigmatized, all of it. The point I'm trying to make here is I'm trying to give a very layman, simple example of what's called the ER equals EPR or Einstein-Rosenberg bridge, which means that this energy travels through the ether. And in this example of the New York subway system, the subway is the ether transportation route and the surface level of New York city is the reality we're all living in right now. Just because we can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. So I can say for certain that there are energies for lack of a better description in the ether or in the vacuum that do travel faster than the speed of light. And at the very least travel at the speed of light, uh, to induce these effects. So that is the, um, that is what basically that device can do. Okay, so this device is able to extract uh, energy, virtually unlimited energy from the ether or from the vacuum. So we're talking zero-point energy. So does this device kind of utilize uh, the, the Casimir effect principle where you have uh, that ability to be able to, um, you know, generate pressure on plates that, metallic plates that are, fairly close together. I think there's an image uh, I have of the Casimir effect that shows how these plates can be put together, pushed together by elect surrounding electromagnetic frequency because inside the plates, uh, the 
frequency field is is not existent. So is is this in any way similar to the kind of way free energy is, is generated in the device that you showed us? Let me just say, doctor, I appreciate the question extensively because it precisely has to do with that. Essentially, what is happening is the very similar um, to literally how, uh, say, a male and a female give birth to a child. What happens is two separate, uh, I guess you could say, capacitors, uh, you know, material that could store electrical charge and energy um, need to be not need to, but in certain instances, would be preferred if brought closer together to induce a certain effect that could only be activated topologically. Uh, basically meaning that if we were to think of stacks of books, for example, we are reside, if there were a stack of say 10 books, for example, we are residing on book number 10 and we think that that's all there is. But when in reality, there's another nine books below it in which could activate such. And it's possible the Casimir effect induces this potentially, uh, an opening to the other nine books below the surface book that we're on. And the Ark of the Covenant, I mean, uh, I mean, I guess that we're speculating as to what that was. So what, what makes you think that it was a, some kind of free energy device? A couple things. It's been noted that uh, with respects to what have been called the Levites, allegedly these Levites in which carried the Ark would be known to levitate. Now, what's interesting about when they were carrying the, the covenant itself, uh, what's interesting about this is that this speaks quite uh, starkingly to what we would call electrostatic resonance. Um, or what many others have called as well the kinetic particle theory, which is that if we are organic electrical conductors, for example, if we were to meet certain conditions where we interacted with certain other energies, we would begin to levitate off of the ground itself. Um, that's one of the reasons I think that such would be the case. If you also compare the anatomy of the human body with the um, are with the chamber in which where the Ark of the Covenant would largely and strongly reside in, the, the chamber itself seems to be built off of the, uh, we could say, exoskeletal structure of the human body, but more so the human chakra system. And the heart or the heart chakra seems to be very reminiscent of that of the uh, these plasma oscillations. Now, not only that, but this also speaks to what is now being called what our ancestors called magic, but what nowadays is being called quantum physics, with respect to the idea of uh, non linearity. So viewing things in a non straight manner. So things are basically in rings, rings, vortexes and spirals. And so this is, again, it's, it's a personal hypothesis of mine. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm, I'm correct whatsoever, but it would certainly give substantiation to a lot of um, unclarified things in, in mainstream science at the very least. Uh, now, I mean, maybe you can clarify exactly how this kind of plasma arc operates. I mean, th that seems to be an important part of this uh, invention this patent application that that you put in. So, I mean, I, I guess people have images of uh, these arcs of electricity that, say, Nikola Tesla generated using his Tesla coil. So uh, is this similar to what uh, your uh, invention or uh, device uh, uses to be able to have the effect you desire? Yes, as a matter of fact, I would even dare to say we can go further back and state that it is based on the fundamental principles of Pythagoras' theorem, uh, the two to one ratio, a squared plus b squared equals c squared. 
Um, very much so. I also think that uh, when one were to, if one were to visualize that on a Cartesian plane, for example, you would have, um, first off, you would have in what's called involute, adibiotic, and also um, we could say curve-like structures that these are all fancy words for basically talking about different types of curves, loops, rings, toroid fields, you name it. And we see that very strong correlation as well with what has also been uh, depicted on ancient cave drawings and all of that. So I certainly think that there is definitely something there. And for those that are more scientifically oriented, uh, we can note that out of Los Alamos, I believe in approximately circa 1980s, Hochberg and Visser proved that the throat of, of a wormhole is, or the, you know, the very center of it is all that is needed to understand about said wormhole, because then from there you can just scale and integrate just like the Penrose stairs or Pythagoras' theorem, um, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, hopefully that that um, that answers the question. Another one uh, concerns the high frequency gravity modifier description that that you have for this uh, patent. I mean, when we, we're talking about high frequency, are you talking about electromagnetic waves and somehow that impacts gravity that or that modifies gravity? So uh, I mean, is this does this kind of like a lot, a lot of people have been trying to develop the unified field theory that uh, gravity and electromagnetism have some kind of uh, interaction or there's a formula that links the two. Is, is that what your patent uh, incorporates? Very much so. I would also say that it is of my opinion that gravity and various forms of, uh, we could say, EM and gravity waves uh, stem from an initial electromagnetic effect. Very much so. And this is what I mean by topology and stacked books, for example. So say now if we have a, a book one to 10, but this time we're on book number one and we are only living, experiencing and thinking about book number one, we don't realize that there are another nine books above us. And the only way in which the other nine books can be observed, utilized, interacted with, etc., is if book number one meets a certain set of conditions. So, yes. Okay, that's uh, very interesting. Well, why don't you tell us about this um, announcement uh, concerning this anti-gravity anti um, device and wh why you feel that it's going to be a game changer? Sure. Well, first, let me just say that I appreciate your giving me the opportunity to uh, to come on your show and announce this for the first time. For those that are already uh, members of our Generation Z show on patreon.com slash Generation Z, there are about approximately 30 members in which um, we've already begun in the last few weeks to start this initiative. But uh, I am very proud and happy to announce for the first time uh, publicly that we are at Generation Z and at SALT LLC, we are trying to develop a positive, we could say, ripple effect and and or initiative of doing our best to bring this energy and these different types of energies in which anti-gravity is certainly one of them, if we would like to call it that, um, to the forefront of the public in an attempt to bring this out for the better of humanity. Now, I would like to preface this with playing devil's advocate against myself right away. The first thing maybe is people may say is, well, Dave, why don't you spill the beans? Why is it that, you know, um, there has to be some type of uh, uh, community involvement or what have you? Well, the reason, folks, first and foremost, is I'm going to be very blunt with all of you here. Um, I 
don't for, first and foremost, I don't want to go to jail uh, for national security reasons, but I'm also in, in a position where I can speak much more openly and a- avidly than others to a very large degree. So what we are doing at patreon.com slash generation Z, and please know that it does not matter that the tier in which you decide to select if you uh, are interested in this is we are we have uh, different groups of people, um, or if you like to call them compartments in which to a vastly large degree, everyone is interacting with each other. Uh, We have multiple Zoom calls per week, and we are delving into different areas of this energy. And I am leaving and providing I'm on all those calls, and I'm providing as many um, I guess you could say breadcrumbs, tidbits, you name it as possible to help guide everyone in the right direction. And what I mean by that is there are certain people that are very interested in this energy from a sound perspective. There are certain people that are very interested in this energy from electromagnetic perspective. There are other people interested in this energy um, from a medical healing perspective. Uh, there's people interested in biofield uh, areas. There's people interested in psychology, in doing uh, reports or um, theses or essays um, in different regards. There's people interested in propulsion. And so I'm very excited to announce uh, publicly that if anyone is interested, please head to patreon.com slash generation Z. We have two to three times per week group Zoom calls uh, discussing this, about this. Uh, pr- and we are also as a matter of fact, we have a few members that have already started doing um, experiments. So we do experiments on the calls, um, all of this. Now, I am doing the absolute best I can while walking the line that I uh, that I'm on to essentially provide as much guidance as possible. But also we, we have a fun time while doing it, too. Right. So I always believe that the joys in the journey, we have to have fun. Now, with that said, There are some people that I am of the understanding. I don't know if they've tried yet, but there will be some people from whether from certain areas of academia or otherwise that may try and come out to, uh, you know, attack me or anything of the sort to try and uh, you could say ridicule or debunk me or anything like that. First off, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. To me, uh, I don't lose sleep over it if anyone, you know, calls me names or what have you. But for those that are saying, well, you know, he uh, doesn't know his science or anything like this, which at the moment, I don't think there are many, if at all. But if there are, if there are going to be any, I have some terms here that I've noted down uh, as a a friendly, I guess you could say, a very friendly warning to anyone that is trying to say that this science is not correct. And I'm going to use some key words here, if I may. Uh, Some of them may be a little bit cryptic. They're made to be put out towards uh, higher level individuals in uh, the military that may try and come out to detract. So, and I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. So I'm going to list a few different keywords here, if I may. First off, um, Lee and Yang, Nobel Prize, 1957. Uh, Heaviside, Whitaker, 1903-04. Third time derivative, stabilizing disequilibrium. Uh, Neg entropy of gauge, as well as uh, refractive indexes having to do with stimulated parametric down conversion. And finally, operation interloper. So... Those are some of the uh, key words, I guess you could say, that uh, I wanted to bring up to uh, basically send a, a, a respectful but strong message to anyone that is looking to create any, uh, I guess you could say, negative um, uh, 
intent or have a negative agenda towards what we're trying to do here. The objective with this initiative is to develop a positive ripple effect and to genuinely allow people to better themselves. And by doing that, by working on this energy, technology, knowledge in whatever area that you would like, you are by definition increasing the value of not just yourself, but of the work that you're working on, um, which is also why, in my opinion, if we look back at, uh, um, we could say, Newton, um, <clears throat> uh, Nostradamus, um, we could say uh, many different people, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, notice something, doctor, which is that a lot of these individuals were not just scientists, they were philosophers, they were mathematicians, they were alchemists, they were writers, they were painters. And my humble theory is that once one begins to understand and interpret the underlying cause of what activates this anti-gravity and much more uh, type of energy, you begin to realize that you can apply it to literally one's entire life um, for better or worse. Now, I choose to do my best to do to utilize it in a positive regard, uh, hence the initiative that I'm trying to bring forward here. Um, but essentially, we're trying to put together basically a very um, positive, non-malevolent, non-violent, non-weaponizable version and initiative of uh, bringing a lot of this technology to the forefront. So just explain uh, bringing anti-gravity to, to the world. I mean, that's uh, a really big claim. So, I mean, is this what your invention, this patent application um, is designed to do, or, or, or are we talking about um, much more that is happening in on your Patreon channel? Um, it, well, first off, actually, as a matter of fact, yes to both. It is the, first off, the patents are designed to induce those effects. But secondly, I'm also on the Patreon channel uh, doing my absolute best to uh, create a community where we can actually in certain cases, safely develop this in, uh, for example, say in people's garages, in their homes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that's the objective. What I, and that is what I mean by a positive ripple effect. We, I want to be able to arm people with the appropriate knowledge to be able to uh, interpret, absorb, understand, harness, and then utilize uh, this. I don't even want to say technology. I would want to say more so... Um, energetic knowledge that can then be applied technologically and if if i could if i could develop proof of concept uh, as i said on your show last time with uh you know a couple thousand dollars worth of parts and things like this and um i've already tried to give some breadcrumbs in this conversation here i certainly believe that it is indeed possible uh for it to be done with others that would that are that are willing to learn i, I would like to make a point in stating as well doctor that um to you and your lovely audience if anyone is looking to inquire with respects to some type of, uh, you know, um, how do I say this very kindly, a sort of handout in terms of what the secret sauce is, there is a secret sauce, I will say that, but that this would be the wrong place to go to then. And I say that because um, the idea here is to help harness uh, an understanding of oneself, which then helps them grow not just as a person, but helps them attain a whole new skill set they maybe never thought they had. And that cannot be acquired just by handing out, I guess you could say, the um, the quote-unquote secret sauce. Now, it, it's also very difficult for me to directly do that without facing strong uh, litigious or legal repercussions, but I'm trying to do the absolute best that I can. 
So just to explain uh, what the difference is between um, developing an invention, uh, using open source and distributing it through open source mechanisms where you have you know, literally uh, people building these technologies in their garages and everyone's building anti-gravity cars or ships or whatever in their garages because it's all open source versus going down the, tr uh, the route of a patent, which can be protected through, through the court system. And typically you can get, say, major institutional funders like a corporation saying, hey, we really like what you're doing, Dave. You know, here's X amount of dollars. You know, we want to be able to kind of like develop this and here's your kind of like funding and you've got to sign these contracts. So, you know, what, what you know, what, what makes, as far as this kind of a anti-gravity uh, patent and, and what you're doing on the Patreon side, how does that reflect this kind of like, in a, in a sense, I yeah. wonder if it's a tension um, or, or are they, or are they complementary? Um, well, first off, thank you so much for the question there. I would like to think that they're complementary because it is of my humble understanding that there is a threshold, if you will, or a, 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 an imaginary line in which there comes a point where certain things can be developed in the household and in the garage very safely, um, precautions still need to be taken but to a certain degree where it will not create an it, certainly you can have fun with it within the vicinity of one's home or garage but it, it there are certain other elements that would require such to then be scaled up and so the patents deal with a much more dare i say scaled up um quote-unquote intense version uh of of this energy so there is a threshold where if basically I can provide as many tidbits and breadcrumbs as I can while walking a very, very fine line, the objective truthfully is to have an individual, for example, uh, within the group or maybe more than one stumble upon something during their experimentation. And if I can help do my best to help sort of, uh, you know, give a wink, wink, nudge, nudge while walking a fine line in a hypothetical scenario, I would hypothetically do my best. If I may say very quickly, uh, there is one gentleman who is already a part of our our group on the Patreon who has, um, I don't want to say his name because I haven't uh, asked beforehand to, to say it, but uh, incredible guy. And he has essentially developed a situation in his home where he's used uh, certain um, crystals, certain uh, basic laser beams from Amazon, a Faraday cage, handful of other devices that could be ordered off of Amazon and other areas. And um, he's, in, he's induced certain effects already. And uh, we actually plan to discuss it on our upcoming uh, a call and things like that. So there's certainly um, a lot of avenues that this can go in a positive uh, regard. Do you envisage uh, mass production of this kind of uh, device that can be purchased by people where it can be used for generating this anti-gravity effect? I don't know whether we're talking about devices that will just begin to you know, have that anti-gravity uh, component, you know, whether we're talking levitation whether we're talking about flying cars or whether we're talking about rocketry. I mean, is there some kind of mass production uh, that is going to be made possible or is in the process of being created through through this uh, patent application? Um, 
Well, let me say with respects to my patent applications, there already have been certain individuals that have been highly interested in either um, purchasing the intellectual property from me or I would license out the uh, the intellectual property to them. With that said, uh, in terms of I can only speak on what I know um, and there already has been mass production. The, this is where it starts to get interesting, which is that, and this is what we do on our Zoom calls on the Patreon, which is I try and demonstrate to the group that a lot of this has been hidden in plain sight deliberately. Uh, for example, to give you one idea, the some of the same underlying energies that are used uh, in these anti-gravity uh, craft or different devices or apparatuses, Already, we use them today. Um, in some cases, they're uh, they're called X-rays. They're also called MRIs, um, to a degree. So some of that is also understanding. That's part of the unfortunate disinformation campaign over the decades to confuse people as to what anti gravity is. And there's certainly more than one way of tapping this uh, this energy, if you will. Um, but that's that's why we. Um, I'm trying to sort of separate the wheat from the chaff as well as helping individuals, uh, whether, you know, better themselves via experimentation, uh, wanting to, uh, we have one, another individual that wants to write a, uh, a book on this, uh, within this field. So anything that could inspire, um, human ingenuity and, and positive creativity in a, in a certain regard where a th even during experimentation, the threshold is not crossed where it becomes uh, a national security issue. And as a matter of fact, I can say that there are certain companies of which actually uh, I can provide to you, doctor, after this this uh, this recording that are already out there that are just very they're, they're out there, but not too many people know of them, but they're there and they're using this energy. Well, I, I recall uh, the Otis car uh, development of uh, anti-gravity powered spacecraft and he called it the OTC X1 and he actually did apply and was granted a patent for that and it was shut down because of national security but it had not little to do with uh, you know what we would consider national security um, in terms of um, you know people using this to kind of like develop some kind of dangerous weapon it was more that uh, it it uh, threatened the uh, financial foundations of the United States because this kind of anti-gravity technology, if it were released, the fossil fuel industry would collapse. Yep. Uh, all these major companies and the hundreds of thousands of people they employ would would be uh, would would also uh, cease to exist. So that was uh, deemed to be justification for shutting it down. So um, you know when you're talking about our national security and, and this kind of anti-gravity device, uh, is, is that what really is at stake here, that um, it's, it's something that could threaten the financial, uh, the current financial and kind of like energy industry? Oh, I'm, I'm just going to say it bl bluntly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll, it's indiscernible from what our ancestors called magic. We just call it quantum today, in my opinion. There, there's, they, can't, they won't be able to control it. But I also don't think that that should be reason to censor and block this stuff as well. Now, with that said, I also understand that there comes a, a, a particular point where this 
under this knowledge and understanding and technology can be weaponized, uh, which is one of the reasons that we're doing this on the Patreon, because I want to get to know the individuals that are interested in wanting to do this, because uh, this is not something with a handful of adjustments. Weaponization is possible when you cross that threshold that we spoke of earlier um, when again, it doesn't take much. So, yeah, yes. And also, if I sorry, if I may say as well, with respects to Otis Carr, um, a lot of those methodologies are harnessed and utilized within uh, some of the patents that you've seen privately of mine, as well as uh, some of a good chunk of what we discuss on our um, on our Patreon calls uh, with respects to this new initiative. Uh, can you say anything about any corporations uh, that you're working with uh, to kind of like mass produce or to develop or refine these inventions? Unfortunately, I can't go into much detail at the moment other than they certainly don't reside within the United States. You, that That's that's the most that I could say at the moment. There's a, I, what I can say is that there there's um, an internal, in my opinion, internal battle going on of various elements of the military, various elements of private industry. They're trying to figure out how this can come out without losing the control of the dissemination of not just the knowledge, but the uh, the applicate like the, the technology itself, uh, because once this is understood, um, everyone can, for lack of a better description, truly be free. And so I'm trying to truly toe that line of trying to bring this out while also not uh, uh, providing anyone with the means to uh, do negative things with it. Okay. Um, well, you know, I guess the question a lot of people will have, well, how can I participate in this? I mean, are you really saying that if people want to participate, they have to essentially subscribe to your Patreon channel to kind of like uh, go further in learning about this process and the and getting As, access? At the moment, yes. And I will explain the reason for that. Uh, the reason for such is because we, I have attempted in the past to do some public initiatives and efforts um, on the, on my public YouTube channel and in other areas as well. They have been, deliberately thwarted by in i'll just say in military intelligence to ensure that those certain initiatives could not be progressed and made so again people may say well uh you know he's just uh looking to make money well first let me say that at the end of the day we all need to pay our bills but at the same time this is definitely not a route to take if i was trying to look for a, a get rich quick type uh, situation if you will so um that's that's where i i stand on that Okay, all right. So, you know, earlier attempts to just kind of make this public domain from the outset, uh, you know, led, led to led to big problems. Um, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a big uh, issue that I, I know uh, people. Um, Dan Willis, who I know you've worked with, and I've interviewed him a few times. Uh, Dr. Stephen Greer have dealt with this tension between uh, the inventor coming up with a device. Uh, on the one hand, uh, Dr. Greer recommended uh, going down that kind of like public domain, making it available as some kind of open source. Uh, but on the other hand, invent inventors have a natural desire to protect their prop intellectual property, coming out with patents and so forth. But uh, you know, Greer has uh, has said that you know often this has led to unfortunate uh, outcomes for these in inventions. Or the inventors, and then the inventions never come out. So, um, so have you found a kind of third way to 
ensure that this doesn't happen to you? There's been in the last handful of months and last handful of small years, there have been certain occurrences behind the scenes where, again, um, as I said uh, to yourself and to your fantastic producer before we started this, it seems like there's an opportunity for a, 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 deliber- um, a permanent, deliberate, positive change to occur. What I'm trying here is one approach. Now, to play devil's advocate, many have said the same thing that I'm saying right now in decades prior. So what I would say to that is, um, let us allow the coming months and the next two to three years, let's, let's allow time to genuinely tell. And in the meantime, I'm going to be doing everything that I can to uh, genuinely lift and elevate people uh, spiritually and and physically and in many other ways to uh i guess you could say be invigorated or reinvigorated and positively excited about this uh this energy this technology what it can do and not just discuss it but let's let's start experimenting in the homes uh in the garages for those that are interested and uh let's let's see what we can do um that actually if it's all right with you uh, uh doctor that takes me to the next uh two or three images um, if that's all right. And Please. it doesn't necessarily matter uh, which one comes first or or last. I'll just go through each one as, uh, as you scroll through them or as they come up. Uh, right. What we're looking at here has to do with uh, some individuals of whom I've um, had the pleasure of meeting some of the, the ones that have contributed to this particular work here, uh, which is that what we're looking at here is a um, basically uh, a man-made or human-made ear in the laboratory, uh, whether that is something from an ethical perspective, that's a different conversation. But what we're seeing in particular is a vortex or spiral or chirality spin-like coil uh, within the ear. This enables what is being called or what we will soon know to be in the uh, in the mainstream news, uh, quantum point-to-point communication. Um for those that may be wondering, is this something that has, uh, you know, how long have they been sitting on this for? I'm going to wager in terms of modern history, six, not probably 1960s, approximately, perhaps a little bit prior. Uh, but ultimately, what's being used here are electromagnetic gravitational waves to uh, be used for instantaneous communication that travel uh, at light speed. Um, and this goes back to that subway example I gave, um, much earlier in our conversation. And so this is a a laboratory image of, um, essentially a, a, a version of, of such. What you're seeing here is, are some images in which um, I have shared uh, a little while ago on the Patreon, which has to do with when I had built one of the original devices of mine. Um, that's actually, if you could go back one picture, if that's all right, you could see my hand as I get, thank you, as I get close to the device, uh, it begins to start to create an electrical spark and charge, which speaks to this idea that we as humans are organic um, electromagnetic capacitors. Uh, and it, it, it gets very interesting. And the next image has to do with a stabilization of what we could or uh, what we could or would call. I'm I try and be very careful with the words here, but what we could call, uh, dare I say, some type of levitation or quantum locking, as it's been called, um, that that takes place with an effect of some plasmas and what have you. Again, there there's no necessarily wrong way of doing such. The more creative you get, the more fun you can have with this. So. Um, these are just some images that I would like to preview in which uh, we, again, showcase um, in, and discuss in much more detail and insight, um, of course, on our show, on the main show, Generation Z, uh, but mainly on the uh, patreon.com slash Generation Z. 
And of course, th this is what I um, now do uh, consulting for with uh, with Salt LLC um, in an attempt now to try and complement uh, both ends of such. Now, you describe this as being some kind of levitation effect. So it, it, this is related to the uh, gravity uh, generation or the anti-gravity generator? Precisely, yes. This was actually the um, home. This is These are pictures of some of the, uh, we could say, homemade um, devices that I had, that I was working on uh, with the initial $2,000 uh, when I had first come on your show to discuss such. So I uh, just wanted to give a sneak peek or a preview to yourself and to your incredible audience of uh, some legitimacy to the fact that this is indeed possible to, to do and to induce um, within, within the household without a, without a laboratory or anything like this. Um, this particular image here is uh, a snapshot of a document that has to do with uh, an understanding that human beings... Uh, to me, this speaks to a much grander, not just anti-gravity, but to a much grander perspective of human beings are able to be human uh, behavior for better or worse is up to the individual that wields the knowledge and the, the, the resources. But human behavior can be modeled electrically. It, it has been found uh, privately, I will say, but I've, there are certain people that want this to, to go public. Um, it has been found that human behavior can be modeled and, and we're talking not just the stock market we're talking about people going shopping certain actions people are going to take can in fact be modeled and predicted of what moves will be next electrically um, from an electrical engineering perspective uh, so one of the reasons i bring this up is because people always talk about oh you know the phenomenon whether it's paranormal or uap or what have you um they're always the phenomenon is always one step ahead of us so to speak right? They always know what we're going to do before we do it. Well, it's possible that what we're seeing here with respects to this document um, is an, an example of how certain approaches could be taken where some of these beings, whether extraterrestrial or crypto-terrestrial, interdimensional, or even say us, so to speak, from the future or even presently a breakaway civilization of sorts, you name it, um, can predict certain human behavior, whether it's one person, whether it's a town, whether it's a whole city, um, it certainly can be uh, approximated at the very least. And so what I'm trying to demonstrate with this particular document here is to give the uh, give a, a taste, if you will, to yourself, doctor, and to your audience of what um, we delve into on the Patreon and in our, um, in our group Zoom calls much more extensively. And um, this is, yeah. Well, you know, just to... Uh, point out, you know, this this is not new. I mean, the, the, you know, psychological warfare has been around for uh, decades. Uh, you know, certainly during the Second World War and immediately afterwards. I mean, there were uh, major operations based on psychological warfare that were very much about being able to predict the way populations would behave if they were given. Uh, information or stimuli in, in a certain way. So that's been around for a long, long time. And I, I guess you're saying that diagram is showing how that's done using some kind of uh, electromagnetic uh, stimuli? Basically, the same way that anti-gravitic effects are induced from a nuts and bolts perspective are the same way that one can then predict what a human is going to do next behaviorally. Uh, Explain that a little bit, a, a little, just elaborate. Oh, sure, sure. So in other words, the underlying energetic principles that 
cause a craft to, uh, we could say, levitate or um, tap the zero point or tap the ether to, to do the uh, effects that they do. Uh, the same, I guess you could say, the certain things that we see of even paranormal activities or healing orbs of people having cancers healed and more positive experiences, all of that, directly connect to this this not necessarily this particular document itself but to the underlying principle of this document and of what it entails and let me give you a practical example um for example the uh, we will say the stock market let's say we know as you said doctor that the electrical stimulation certainly causes some type of effect uh it's been studied by um many many different uh contractors military and otherwise but what's interesting is that there is a in my humble opinion from what i can find a lack of description of how the effect electrically occurs in the ether as it affects the person that the person's behavior it is fluctuating in a toroidal type geometry and what's interesting is that even in the absence of electric and magnetic fields anywhere in the world in a lab or in in the in the everyday life of a person even with if you were to walk into a room let's say where there's no electricity no magnetism in in the room whatsoever there is another component another type of energy that picks up the slack if for lack of a better term of what the electricity was going to induce to the person behaviorally and that same alternative energy is the same energy that is that is emitted from a anti-gravity uh pulse maybe one way of understanding this is that uh, i know from many contactee reports that uh extraterrestrial spacecraft uh, uh where the pilot the extraterrestrial pilot interfaces with the technology through their thought waves so so to to have gotten to that point in terms of the development of such craft at some point in that civilization's development, they would have had to go through something similar to that diagram that you you described, where they mapped out how human behavior and stimuli uh, are, are going to, in some way, correspond or be triggered by electrical, electromagnetic waves. And and once you understand that more clearly, then you are ready to produce craft that are responsive to the brain waves of the crew very well said doctor i would very strongly agree. i would certainly say that is not the only uh avenue to take it is a very significant one and i think you explained it very eloquently and very well there yes okay um so is now uh, a good time i think to go to this second patent because i know a lot of people are very interested in the the healing aspects of some of these uh uh, technologies that you know, you're involved in and that people have been talking about coming out soon. And this second patent is called the Quartz Crystal Scalar Wave Transmission of Human DNA. And so you want to explain exactly how that operates? Sure, absolutely. Uh, there's something that I will uh, say for the first time publicly in which is we pursue and we discuss privately on the uh, the members section of, of the of the show, um, which has to do with something called 
linguistic wave genetics. In other words, there is direct correlation, and this is, has been substantiated academically, except it's been done more so in countries outside of the U, uh, United States and the West. In North America and in the West, it's, um, it's considered, uh, as I understand it, sensitive, restricted, classified, you name it. Uh, but it's something that I'm not uh, limited to in terms of what I could discuss, which is that this term linguistic wave genetics, there is a direct correlation between the immune system in which seems to be acting as a, an organ in and of itself, the memory of every action thought movement you take that the immune system stores, sort of, sort of like the body's personal um, Akashic records library, if you will. And essentially, one can tap that energy and use it as a map blueprint schematic to understand a person's medical uh, issues and how to resolve those issues. And I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, doctor, there are many avenues that this particular patent uh, could take with respect to linguistic wave genetics. Um, what that basically means is a fancy way for saying words, thought and intent can in fact alter uh, matter, can heal. Um, and a lot more than that. So I'll, I'll, I'll stop right now and see where you want to go with this, because this can go in many different areas. Thoughts, words, and intent can actually influence um, the, the way matter is uh, transformed, in, and that's directly relevant to, to health. Yeah, that's very interesting. So, I mean, human DNA is, in a way, uh, a kind of communication. I mean, it's a coded set of... Uh, information that is being constantly transmitted around the body. So is is this where you you have this kind of a healing effect uh, being created because uh, human DNA, the desirable or the optimal? I mean, exactly how, you know, what what kind of biological DNA is 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 necessary for this invention to work? Sure. Well, first off, let me say that. It is of my opinion and understanding that based on the consulting work and the research that I've done and still do and all of and the research and development that it the the more and this actually has to do with even my announcement of the initiative that I'm trying to do the more of a positive ripple effect we can uh, effectuate to the masses, the more in which. Uh, and, and what I mean by positive ripple effect is not people believing blindly what I or others say, but simply being open to pursuing this area of different thinking, thought, energy, all of that, is that the more people begin to, for lack of a better term, think outside the box and or wake up, the more of a an effect we have on matter basically as a matter of fact i would say that uh, mr dan winter whom you had interviewed recently he brought i was listening to fantastic conversation and he had brought up um something about hurricanes or tornadoes and um people causing uh, people's emotional distress causing such like certain weather issues and all of that and i would very strongly agree and that would be one example of how human intent can effectuate matter now it can be done on an individual scale um, as a matter of fact, it has to do with the human biofield uh, when the human body gets into a particular, uh, we could say, relaxed or meditative state, uh, which is this idea of 
uh, we could say blissful or pure balance in relaxation. And once that state is induced, the human biofield then latches or locks in just like the plasma arc that we were looking at in the image prior. It begins just like it was what they call in mainstream uh, media today, quantum physics. Your biofield, which is a toroidal field, but you know, circular nonetheless in its entirety, latches in or locks in regardless of where these other people or energies are locks in with other people's um we could say resonant effects and that is what to a lot of in my opinion when many many people you meet someone for the first time and you say man this this person is is vibing with me or this person is on my wavelength it is precisely that exact energy in which is locking in to create that resonant effect where people in fact find that connection energetically and then they do dare i say their their biofields overlap now what's interesting is that if you look at two human biofields overlapping you begin to realize you are forming not just the caduceus visually but you're also forming the dna uh the double um the double helix dna structure of the human body and you're also forming um what's called the uh i guess you could say the the parameters and the boundaries of what are called red shift and blue shift in the electromagnetic spectrum which is the same color that is seen when ufos are coming close to the ground and then when they're leaving as well uh, so this um uh, uh, patent that applies to there's an invention uh, that uh, you have here so um, you know, when it's transmitting this uh, human DNA and uh, via some resonant genetic transference work non-locally, I mean, uh, how is that being done? I mean, how do you trans sure. transport or communicate or transmit human DNA from one part? I know you've kind of like been given been given that example. Well, maybe I can better articulate what what I'm trying to say. Um, I'm thinking, okay, like if, if you have a tuning fork and you right. have a tuning fork that begins vibrating, you have another tuning fork that isn't vibrating. The one that's vibrating will start to induce a frequency uh, response in the idle tuning fork, and then they're both going to start vibrating. So, you know, there's something that's transmitting the frequency from one ah. tuning fork to, to the other. So, you know, is this along the lines of what, what it is uh, that you've uh, developed here in this pipe? Yes. Yeah, so if I may say, essentially, if this, if my hand here were to be the surface of the D or of our reality, if you will, and anything underneath the surface, sort of like the sub, the New York subway example is, would be running through the ether faster than how we perceive the speed of light. What is essentially happening here, doctor, is say, for example, we have a, a cancer cell. And if we were to use the, the 10 stacked books again, example, and the cancer cell is say on book 10 in our reality, we then have an ability where there are another nine books. It's actually infinite, but the, the potential they're called potentials. They're infinite, but another nine books in this example below it and say book number, I don't know, five was represents a point in time based on the body's immune Akashic records where immune system, Akashic records, memory, sorry, where that, that, uh, cell that is now cancerous was once very healthy. What that, device essentially does is take the resonant information structures from when the cell was healthy in book five and bring it to book 10 at the very top and then replace the cancerous cell literally with uh 
dare I say, a sort of time reversal method of the information structures uh, of the of within the cell itself. That also is a, a form of topology and many other things. But hopefully, that's a, a one way of describing it, if I may. Unfortunately, I, I can't delve into the practical materials that are used, but I can I can tell you that it has to do with light. It has to do with certain types of um, of quartz crystals. Um, it has to do with, uh, let's see here, uh, definitely certain types of, of mirrors, if you will. But that's, uh, unfortunately, that's the farthest extent that I, that I could go at the moment. So this uh, patent application, uh, you've actually developed the device or are working on a... Uh, some device that would that is uh, based on this uh, quartz crystal uh, scalar wave transmission of human DNA. So you you actually have a device, or you're working on a device, and is this something that uh, people who go to your Patreon channel that they get to hear about that, or or is it again do do we kind of wait for this patent to be granted and then like you make in a a follow-up announcement. Here, here, here are my patents. Uh, they're now being um, made available. You can download them, and, and you want to attract funders. I mean, exactly how how sure. it's going to work. Sure. So at the moment, I'm in the process of uh, developing the device. There are a few um, pieces that have already been assembled, and so far, everything has been verified based on the theoretical hypothesis. With that said, though, I can tell you that I'm in direct correspondence with other academics from um, Eastern Europe and other places like um, uh, Turkey and elsewhere who have, in fact, uh, I, let me say, who may have developed this with full success that may or may not be aiding me in my, uh, in my development of such. So in other words, I, I am very con let me say as well that um, I have and will be presenting to certain individuals, certain uh, academics from around the world, this concept, because the the knowledge of this is not anything, so to speak, uh, that is new, but because of the compartmentalization of the military industrial complex over the many decades, maybe, to my knowledge, at least, maybe one one hundredth of, um, of the entire military, let alone the US government even knew this existed. So it's an attempt to try and bring this forward, present it to certain individuals that would have the knowledge that would want to take it to the next level, uh, whether it's licensing out the intellectual property or uh, actually working alongside them. But I, I am in the process of working on uh, assembling such and I'm probably about 30 35% of the way there. Well, I know a lot of people are waiting for some radical new medical technologies uh, coming online. I mean, you know, there's a lot of kind of rumours, discussion about med beds uh, being created uh, on places like the moon and that they're being mass produced with uh, the assistance of extraterrestrials. So this quantum crystal scalar wave transmission device, is, is that in any way... Uh, Kind of like uh, in harmony with that is any is any connection? I mean, because uh, you have yes own uh, experiences with extraterrestrials, so yeah, is there kind of any correspondence? I would certainly encourage people not to discount crystalline structures and quartz crystals. Yes, very much so, very much so. Um, I think that, for example, 
Uh, I, I'm doing my best to not use the word quantum because I think uh, like myself and many others, it sort of disturbs people in the sense that we don't really know what it means. Okay. We can say that, you know, a quanta by, uh, you know, Max Planck, that was the term because he was able to quantize and quantify the smallest bit of uh, elementary particles at the smallest level that we could get. Um, but there comes a point even then where it's just, you know, the, the word quantum is just being thrown around all over the place. So, um, yes, as a matter of fact, I would say that this is a, um, this would be a, I guess you could say a, a piece or a percentage of what, uh, these med beds may in fact entail, uh, to a certain degree. Now I want to be very clear in saying that I, I am not the know all and be all into, uh, of, of how this, um, of certain areas of how this energy works. I'm still a student of this, uh, this energy and this knowledge myself, but I, can very strongly say i would say yes this is a certainly a a, a good slice of that pie of the medbed pie mm -hmm. well you know with regard to you know both of these patent applications uh that you've submitted uh when i mean we we can't reveal those applications at the moment you you requested them not to be revealed at what point can they be revealed i'm I'm pretty confident, I would say, within within the year, truthfully, uh, in addition to others as well. So within the next six months, uh, you anticipate you know, that these two patents and possibly some of the others that you've uh, submitted, those applications, uh, that they'll, they'll be released. Now, uh, I guess the, the next question is, uh, you know, will, will they be granted? And, and is, that, is that important for, the, for this to be come public or to be disseminated well tr truth be told that well i can first off let me say that in the next six to 12 months if i may um and i i actually may in fact uh, if you'd be so uh gracious um may in fact come back on the show when it's time to reveal the details of them and such uh but the sorry could you could you repeat the the question again forgive oh the does it matter if if, if it's granted or not i can i can tell you right now that um it, it, it doesn't because there are those on the inside. And when I mean inside, I mean military, private industry, you name it, uh, whether in the West or otherwise or elsewhere, that they know for a fact this, this, these mechanisms do work. And for them, it's not, it's not so much about was the patent granted or not. And I mean, for example, with the utmost respect to Dr. Sal Paez, who I have nothing but immense respect for, uh, his patents were granted and people still call uh, nonsense on them today. So, you know. I don't think it necessarily matters. And, and I say that because there have already been uh, many individuals and, and different groups of interest that um, I've already begun to, I guess you could say, you know, license out the property to and, and, and what have you. So it doesn't necessarily matter. But I mean, it, it's it, it's actually an interesting point, doctor, because, you know, the, the Otis car inventions were granted, the uh, John Bedini, uh, you know, patents were granted. Um, so it's interesting to see what will happen in this uh, in, in this particular regard. Well, you know, that raises a very interesting question. I mean, you you, you discussed, uh, you know, the Bedini patents and the Silver de Payas patents being uh, uh, granted. And of course, uh, Otis cars are, are patent for the OTC X1 was granted. But then on the other hand, we know that uh, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office has imposed secrecy orders on over 6,000 patent applications. And um, you know, many of these have to do with uh, anti-gravity, free energy, um, and some of these advanced healing modalities. So uh, I guess the, the question is, um, you know, um, you know if, if you're 
invention does work, and especially the, the latter one in terms of the quartz crystal healing, um, would would that be something that that could have a national security uh, order imposed on it, or or do, have you been assured that that won't happen? This is partly why we're doing what we're doing with this new initiative I've announced. Because if if there's a if, if we're trying to cover as many angles as we can, so that we don't put ourselves in a corner. Okay, because okay. as I understand it, if a national secrecy order is placed on a patent application, then uh, the inventor is restricted from talking about that uh, and sharing that. But through your Patreon channel, you've taken you've taken the preemptive action of already disseminating these principles. So in a sense, you know that you've you've created like a moat, or you've you've protected yourself against someone coming along and saying, "Well, we're imposing." A, sec uh, a, a national se a secrecy order on this because it's not possible now because of what the, you've done. The idea, exactly. And the, uh, the idea is that if I get muzzled, the work continues on. That's, that's what's most important, in my opinion, that the, that the work and the knowledge be carried on, but not in a way where people are just going through the motions. People need to, in my opinion, they need to understand, they need to feel, they need to interpret in their own way, respectively, the understanding of this underlying energy uh, that they can then take and use for themselves. And that's that's my attempt, uh, one angle of a positive ripple effect. Um, I, and I think that, again, if this were five years ago, even I think even three years ago, I wouldn't be able to, to do this, let alone come on your show and make such an announcement. But um, hopefully things will stay permanently adjusted and if not as i've said we're trying as many angles as we can okay so as as far as uh people wanting to see the effects of these inventions uh, that you've been working on and that you've been disseminating through this group on, on patreon and uh, through your patent applications when can people maybe see the fruits of that i mean you know when can they go to their local uh, store or will there be some marketing uh, mechanism put in place where they could buy uh, an anti-gravity device, a free energy device, or some kind of uh, crystal healing device that are a direct byproduct of these patent applications? I want to, my, I'm going to be honest with you, doctor. I, there are, there are discussions behind the scenes right now to my understanding of how some of that could be brought forward, but I'm not putting my reliance or I'm not going to become complete. Um, I guess you could say uh, I'm not going to rest or stand on the shoulders of these corporations uh, because of the bureaucracy and all this kind of stuff and the different politics and, and agendas that individuals have. Uh, the idea, essentially, I am speaking with certain uh, smaller manufacturers to see if this can be I guess you could say uh, developed on a, on a grander level because granted, yes, there are people that are not interested in the, the building of this stuff and, and just want to purchase it, which is completely understandable. Uh, but this is also something that we're trying to do on our Patreon with respects to the content that we produce. We do, uh, I write papers, uh, we do, I write uh, sub stacks. I record my own episodes where we try and describe to the best of our, to the best of my degree and to what I can um, a, a way of thinking that can allow people to notice, okay, there, there is a company out there that is offering this. And I say that because there are people and there are companies out there that already offer these services and products. Uh, they just, they can't really be super loud about it because they'll get shut down for political reasons. 
but I, I, I'm hopeful in the next few years we'll see something on a much more grander scale be be ushered out. Uh, but I'm not putting all my eggs in that one basket. So as far as bringing any gravity to the world, you know, this is the the special announcement that that you want to make um, in the interview today. I mean, what you're doing, as far as I can tell, is stimulating a kind of organic grassroots effort for people to get engaged, to start building these devices, sharing the information, and, and, and ensuring that it's not it's, these inventions are not something that can be easily uh, shut down by the powers that be, uh, whatever's left of them. Or, and, and in the meantime, you know, you're utilizing the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office to try to have some recognition or protection given to some of the inventions, the ideas that, that are growing out of these realizations. But, but you're, you're trying to generate a, a kind of grassroots awakening where uh, inventors come together and and develop these devices and and you're kind of like trying to inspire them show the way you know with these patent applications is am i kind of on the right track there absolutely doctor and you worded that very well and i appreciate that the patent applications are simply my own twist on the fundamental understanding of these energies knowledge and technology now I'm doing I, I what I'm trying to do is provide basically when people first come to the Patreon, I ask them, what is your interest? And I don't mean about UFOs or science in general. Some people come to me, they say music. Other people say I like to paint. We then work with that skill and take that skill and hone it and then apply it to the uh, the fundamental principles of understanding how anti-gravity works. And then we've already had a couple people in the group and it's only been a handful of weeks go. Ah, I see. And then some have showed me privately some things they've built and they're very close. Um, others have uh, more so are more interested in, you know, the uh, psychological side of things. And they've written papers and they said, you know, Dave, what do you think? And I've passed those papers on to academics. So the uh, the goal here is to truthfully help people develop and, and understand and and build uh, anti-gravitic capabilities and also take again by bettering themselves and taking it to that next level. So again, where do people go to talk to you, to share their ideas and to maybe uh, learn how to do uh, some of these experiments or read your papers? Um, is, it, is it just to the Patreon site? Again, read that out for us. Sure. Well, people can email me at genzed, G-E-N-Z-E-D podcast at gmail.com. Um, the reason I don't always get to everyone's emails and I deeply apologize. It is quite a full inbox and I'm very grateful of such. Uh, but patreon.com slash generation Z, no space, no capitals. Uh, it doesn't matter the tier in which you select. Uh, that is precisely uh, the avenue for people to go. I tried some while ago to do this in a public forum and public regard. The problem was, as I said to you uh, just a handful of minutes ago, doctor, uh, too many um, uh, individuals looking to detract, looking to stir, uh, stir up nonsense for the sake of stirring up nonsense and to get people to not focus on actually uh, developing these capabilities is what's caused me to uh, shift it to the Patreon and uh, do a sort of grander reannouncement of this, if you will. And then, uh, because again, the idea is that essentially uh, 
people, unless they're professionals looking to sow disinformation, are not going to spend $8 a month, for example, uh, just to be a troll or to cause issues. And if they do, then I have mechanisms put in place to, uh, at, a, at a different level to deter such individuals. Well, it certainly makes sense. I think there's a, there's a lot of good reason for why you, you would want to exclude the trolls or those that are there to kind of disrupt and creating a, a, a channel, a Patreon account where people can just go and subscribe and, and be part of this grassroots awakening uh, revolution, uh, perhaps, uh, you know, given the uh, radicalness of the ideas. I mean, these ideas have been around a long time. Uh, but certainly, you know, you are uh, part of a new generation uh, putting these out. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, we have confidence in, uh, you know, the, the kind of contacts you've had, the, uh, the, the way in which some renowned scientists and you shared their names with me and shared some of their communications with me. So I know some highly renowned scientists are working with you and recognize that you do have abilities that are very unique and this this is you know quite remarkable given that uh, it's only quite recently that you've displayed this profound understanding of uh, mathematical formulas uh, describing esoteric principles that are of interest to people within the secret space programs so that got my attention and I know it uh, um, Elena Danan also kind of like uh, uh, felt the same way so I certainly encourage people to go along to uh, Dave's uh, Patreon site, uh, uh, patreon.com generation Z, sign up and you know learn. And if you have something uh, that uh, you've been working on or you feel inspired to uh, build something yourself, you're probably with the right-minded people. And I, and I think there is a kind of a coherence, a thought coherence that happens when like-minded people come together. You're all dedicated to building these types of technologies. You're in a protected space. And I, I, I think it is good that you're in a protected space rather than you know somewhere like YouTube or Telegram where you have trolls, that uh, Patreon does give you the means to uh, protect uh, the information and and of course you know you want to get serious people there and so I, I, I think uh, a, a kind of minimal or nominal financial contribution uh, there's nothing wrong with that and I if I may say as well doctor for one last word and I appreciate you explained that so eloquently and, and laid that out very well if I may say as well that other than paying my bills the the patreon funds go uh, directly to and will now be going to uh, investing in some very hefty equipment that I actually, as a matter of fact, will be uh, bringing to my to to my place of residence uh, to the extent that I can to demonstrate in these calls as well with others that have their own experiments at their own locations um, to, again, enable these effects. And if I may say one last thing, doctor, I want to thank you immensely for having me on. And the reason for this is because uh, when I was, I, I guess you could say, uh, w when these capabilities arose or manifested within me with respects to being able to grasp all of this, whether theoretically or practically, experimentally, um, I feel that if I stay quiet about this and if I just, you know, kind of go away and, and silence, uh, quiet up and and go into my corner of the world, it would make me no different than the big corporations that are trying to cover this stuff up. So I think that they're... Again, there's a fine line that 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 should be walked. Um, that's my opinion, but that should not mean that mo that this should be suppressed. And I think well, that that's the I, I I'm of the humble. This is just a theory, with no evidence to back it. But my intuition is telling me that this is the um, 
this is part of the reason why I uh, have acquired such capabilities to spread it, not to suppress it. Well, I want to thank you, Dave, for your dedication to uh, bringing out uh, some remarkable uh, inventions and your insights into how these operate and inspiring people to, to get involved because you're absolutely right. At the end of the day, uh, people are sitting back saying, you know, when, when, is the, when are the med beds going to come online? You know, when is the anti-gravity going to become operational? I think you're, you're kind of like challenging people, calling them out, saying if you want this to happen, then join in, you know, bring your collective right. energies and thoughts to make this all very real. And you're giving them a focal point to do that through your um, through through that uh, website that you've created uh, on Patreon. So again, thank you for coming on the show and making your special announcement. Thank you, Doctor, so very much. You have been listening to Exopolitics today with Doctor Michael Sala. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to this channel. Join or start a conversation in the comments. Take the time to explore the vast library of best-selling books, webinars, and podcasts by Dr. Sala. Visit exopoliticstoday.com. 